right, we are here with one of my favorite athletes to follow in the running world, Katie Asmith. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. And I can't, I can't just say one of my favorite athletes to follow, one of my favorite podcasters to follow. Who would have thought that just a short three months ago? That would have never been a sense I would have uttered. However, over on Free Trail Pro, you're killing it on the Rest Day podcast, which podcast which comes out weekly. I think you just had Rest Day number eight come out this week. I, I have no idea. I don't keep track. It is very fun and very casual, and we have a blast. So thanks for saying that. Oh, no, it's, it is so good. And people who haven't subscribed to Free Trail Pro, please go do it. It is really great what you guys are doing over there. And even when Dylan's not around, you you and Ellie Pell were coming on the podcast, tearing it up, talking all things trail and ultra pro running, but also a lot of fun stuff as well. And Ellie can, can, can you know, can cut it up as well over on the Trail Collective podcast. She has done a great job and is kind of like a lifetime guest for anyone who needs a, needs a guest in a, in a pinch Ellie is always there and always crushes it. So it's, it's a really good combo, you two. I second that. She is always available and she's a good time. So, yeah, we have fun. All right. Yeah. So when I reached out to you, this was, you know, the idea of this was, and I was telling you this offline as well, is that when a pro runner comes on the Rambling Runner podcast, usually what we do is try to have a very specific topic or topics that not only pertains to that person individually, but to so many of the listeners who may never reach the heights that that pro runner has reached, whether it's the fitness goals or winning races, but the kind of things that unite us all in certain very specific ways. And again, we're, we can touch on, on various parts of, of your running life, but I will say, Katie's been a podcast guest on a lot of really good podcasts that I've literally listened to all of them. As I DM'd you about a year ago saying, I just went on a Katie with Marathon and it was great. Um, so go listen to all of those podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, those are really, like, oh, really a lot of really good podcasts. People should go check them out. Um, but I want to touch on a topic that so many people have um, had to deal with at various points in their life, and some people who are listening to it aren't experiencing right now. And that is how to and whether to stay engaged with running as a fan when we can't run. Usually, and almost always, because of injury. I'm talking to you about this because you have been an injured runner very recently. So before we get into that topic, can you kind of set the set the stage for us about what your injury was, when it happened, and what the process has been like so far? Sure. Um, I still don't love thinking of myself as being an injured runner, not going to lie. I try and, you know, switch, reframe a bit. Like I'm a durable runner and strong. And I just had this little niggle that I just need to work through for like five months. <laughs> um but yeah, it's true. I had a broken bone, which was really devastating to me. Um, so this past year, it was June 25th. Uh, I ran Western States 100 miler and it was my second time racing. And I was really going for a podium placement the year before I'd gotten fifth place and was feeling like there was a lot left for me to do on that course and was heading in really strong and felt really good. And about two days before Western States, I wrote on my blog or my little Google sheet to my coach saying, coach, um, I'm having a little bit of niggles on the top of my foot. I think like a little bit of soreness. I think I'm tying my laces too tight. And I'm sure you guys have felt this. A lot of runners feel this. Sometimes you feel that little ache on the top of your foot. And, it, you know, it's a little tendonitis. You just, it goes away. It's not a big deal. So I wrote that to him because my coach, David Roach, wants to know every little niggle that you feel 
Anyway, so I wrote that, but then didn't think anything of it until about 15, 18 miles into the race two days later when I was like, ooh, that hurt. But when you're running 100 miles, you just kind of, everything hurts and you just kind of <laughs> like let your mind not think about it. Um, and then I had some other big GI issues that race also. So that was very distracting of the pain in the foot. So um, yeah, I just ran through it and it hurt really bad, but didn't think it was broken. That didn't even cross my mind. Um, I just thought I had twisted it or something. And anyway, I finished the race. I was able to get top 10, which was shocking and a miracle. Um, but I was able to hold on for that placement so I can get to go next year. But I'm, uh, yeah, I finished the race and took the usual seven days off of just like, you know, walking and hiking and just nothing strenuous. And then I went for a run and I was like, oh crap, I still feel it. And that was when I was like, there's a big problem. And I did uh, some hill repeats because I was kind of back to training. I was going to run CCC and wanted to keep at it. And I felt really great otherwise, like didn't have the typical fatigue that I usually feel or muscle soreness I usually feel after 100 miles. I was like, probably because I raced it a lot slower than I usually do. And anyway, I, uh, yeah, it really hurt. And I, I'm a very emotional person. Like I will cry when I watch a good friend of mine run a race. I'm like, you know, cry when my kids are performing a song in front of their school. I'm like an emotional person. But when it comes to pain, there's, I just kind of able to look past it a little bit. Like I, I'm not emotional with pain per se. I just think of it as a sensation and like, how do I move forward? Well, <laughs> I cried. And it was the first time that I was like, oh my God, I'm crying from pain. This is a real problem. I can't run. So I was about maybe a 10 days after Western States when I was like, all right, I need imaging. So I finally went and got imaging and confirmed navicular fracture in my right foot. And I was like, oh my God. So I'm an injured athlete now. And what does this mean? And like had all the existential crisis of like, oh, maybe I'll just walk CCC. I guess I won't be racing it, but I'm still going to France. Like all these things, like the grieving process almost of of your race season. Right. Is, and, that, I think uh, that's, is that the negotiation yeah. stage of the grieving process? Yeah, big time. I was like, coach, that's fine. I'll just go and scope out the race for next year. And he's like, Katie, you don't get it. Like you're going to be in a boot. You're going to have surgery. Like the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm going to elliptico CCC. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was my little saga. And yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. I feel like lots happened since then, to be honest. I feel like I'm a different person than I was in July. So that's that's me. And I remember that uh, Western States performance and even, you know, even afterwards, you know, we actually have the same coach. So David is also my coach and, you know, going into the, the adventure logs of, you know, make sure you type everything in and all of that. And it's, um, I remember him afterwards, like, Katie is so tough that like, getting top 10 with all like the GI issues, like this is an insane performance and all of that. Like, I remember that was like the talk of it. Cause going in, you know, I know you had high hopes and rightfully so. And, 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 you know, training had been going well. And the fact that you were able to get top 10 performance with a broken foot and with GI issues obviously <laughs> shows that you had, you know, that you training had gone exceptionally well for you and that you're also an extremely tough person. That is for sure. Now we should also say you're a nurse practitioner. So you work in the medical field. Can you give us any backstory on what may have caused this injury? Since it seems like it kind of crept up, like, like there's a mouse in the house kind of feel to it. Big time. And it's funny because I think I've, always like pride, like had some pride and like, I'm such a durable athlete. I have strong bones. Even I had a DEXA scan 
Last year, Western states, they did a research study um, for a bone density scan. It's called DEXA scan um, to see um, the density of your bones. And my bone density scan was amazing, right? Like, I'm like, I'm so tough and durable and I can handle anything. And I've always, like, been an eating machine. Like, I've never had fueling issues or I don't know. Like, I'm not. I was really, really shocked to have... Um, a stress fracture is what it was. So I think what happened most likely um, is that I, okay, so I haven't really announced this, but I did have a hamstring niggle um, on the left side in April, and I thought it was a nerve issue. And so that's why I couldn't start Canyon's 100K, which was pretty, like, I was really bummed about that because I was really fit, but my hamstring was really bothering me. And so I think I was just favoring my right side a lot. And then after that hamstring injury, I had like decreased my miles a lot because I was trying to recover from that. And then I had this like very rapid increase of mileage to get to peak mileage fitness for Western States. And coach was kind of like, look, if you can't handle the miles, then we're going to focus on something other than Western States. And I was so determined, like, no, I'm running Western States it's going to work beautifully. And so anyways, it didn't. <laughs> I think I was favoring that right side, just kind of trying to, you know, preserve my left hamstring and just put too much pressure on that. And I think I, it was just a stress reaction that then ran a hundred miles on it and then it broke. <laughs> there you go. So, yep. And the fact that it totally. popped up so close to race, to race day, obviously, you know, I didn't feeds feel into it. Right. right. Yeah. And then and also just like and during the taper, right? People talk about the taper crazies all the time. Like all these mysterious things can pop up and you know, like, oh, please mind. That's all. Stop playing tricks on me. I'm 100%. fine. I'm fine. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you just listened to our rest day pod, but Ellie was talking about Allie Mack and how she was just having some ankle issues right before she went into the Golden Series final and, you know, obviously crushed there and then just became a world champion. I mean, right before a huge race, so many of us have these little niggles here and there. And we all think that all of our training is gone and that this is devastating. And we're all just need to chill out because taper tantrums are real. And that's what I thought was going off my foot. I was like, Oh, it's just a taper tantrum. It's fine. Move on. Um, so it wasn't <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, so we should say, so you, you are a pro runner for, for Saucony is, is your, your shoe sponsor and you have other sponsors as well. You weren't were always a pro runner. This is kind of a, a newer turn in your life. You moved from L.A. to Mammoth Lakes. You're still a practicing nurse practitioner. But being a pro runner is obviously an exciting thing. It is also another kind of like, how do I handle this situation? Because it's not, like, again, being in, in you know, nothing makes you more of a runner than being injured, right? That's just like part and parcel. Like you're never more of a runner than when you're injured from running, right? So, um but when you're when it happens to an amateur runner, it's part of our life that gets taken away, and we want it back. Obviously, for you, it's more than just that because there's also a prof there's also professional responsibilities, and and even if there's no responsibilities, the obligations and even perceived obligations that can be a part of that, which can also be tough. So, how has that factored in in terms of how have you handled the especially maybe early on because we will kind of go a little bit chronologically handling the first several weeks or the first month or two uh, of the injury process as someone who this is a a major you know as a pro runner as opposed to maybe injuries that you've had in the past where that wasn't your classification sure so and just to backtrack a little bit for your audience if you don't know my story i'm very new to running in general <laughs> to be honest um, I didn't start running until my late 20s. 
Uh, so very different than most of my teammates and other competitors. Um, and I'm a mom of two boys, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. I'm a nurse practitioner. My life is very full, not just in like logistics, but also emotionally full, um, lots going on. And so I will be honest, especially this year was especially uh, lots going on. For instance, we moved from Los Angeles to Mammoth Lakes um, permanently, and we had had a condo here for five years and would be coming up and ba- like back and forth all the time, like twice a month. But we bought a house here, so we moved in full time, which was like, you know, a lot. If any of you have moved, you know that the cortisol levels increase. <laughs> um, but also during that time when we had put in an offer to the house, um, my husband's mom uh, passed away. And so he, it was um, a really tough summer for, I mean, it's going to be tough for the rest of our lives. Um, So she passed away and my husband flew out there immediately, um, the when she was really declining. And so he came back um, after his mom dying to a wife with a broken foot (laughs) um, and trying to move with a wife with a broken foot and two little kids. And like, it was wild. And so looking back, we were supposed to be in France running CCC during that time. So like, I think there's this interesting, like, I don't know. I always think, for instance, when you're out, you know, in the wilderness, you have to listen to what the wilderness is telling you or what the mountains telling you or what, you know, the weather's telling you. You have to like listen to your surroundings. And almost this was like a, like, okay, we need to just accept that this is a crazy time in our life and uh, like slow down a little bit and just be really present for what this is and take this as a new growth opportunity in so many ways. Um, So yeah, I think back to your question about like professionally, I feel like honestly, when you become a professional athlete, it's a little more vulnerable, right? You have more eyes on you. You're representing somebody. You're it's, it's a different, somebody else. Um, but I always believe that I do this sport and I run for me. And I think all of you listening will understand that, that you run for yourself and that's why you love it. It's all about your personal journey and my sponsors. And the reason I chose my sponsors is because they're very much supportive of that story of mine that, you know, I still work in medicine, that I'm a mom, that I have a lot on my plate but that I love this sport, right? And that I am training my butt off even while injured (laughs) and um, still very, very committed. So I think, um, you know, I, yeah, I think it's, it's been a long kind of winded way of saying that I have, I've learned a lot during this time. I think when it comes to challenges that, you know, honestly, like confronting challenges is, that I'm in control of or kind of in my wheelhouse, right? Like those of us that do, especially like long distance running. Um, so, you know, marathon, ultra running, hundred mile races, 200 mile races. It's like, these are challenges that we are like, okay, we signed up for, I'm going to do this. Like I'm dedicated. I chose this. I get to do this, all these things, right? We tell ourselves. And I'm like the first to sign up for something that's challenging and uncomfortable for me. Cause I'm like, this is my decision. I'm in control of that. Even if it's really challenging, I can still be in control of it. Um, it's like something pops up in a race. I'm very willing to be flexible and change my plan because like that's part of the sport. Um, but when it comes to injury, it's a totally different type of challenge. Uh, 
where you have to learn patience and acceptance and slowing down and just being really gentle on yourself. So yeah, I think that's a long way of saying I've learned a lot during this time and I hope I'm a better athlete because of it. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Obviously, you know, there, there's a lot there and I really appreciate you diving into it. Certainly a dream deferred on, on, on certain levels and, and amongst all the things that the last several months, um, you know, were, were less, a lot of things that are happening in your life over the last several months. One of the big things, not certainly not the biggest thing by any means, was becoming a media member in the sport of running. Right. So you are now not only following runners and what's happening in running because you love the sport and you're familiar with a lot of the people in the sport and they're your friends and and things like that. But now it's something that like, hey, you've taken on as this is something that you love to do and part of free trail and, and doing it in a way where you're engaging in it in a in a semi pro capacity, which is. I want to talk about that because here you are, like, and covering all these sports and talking um, with, with you know, you're talking like, you know, I love this. Do like background calls with Danny Moreno so you can then get on a podcast and talk about what's happening in the sport. Like, you're really engaging in a way that's extremely exciting to see. You're unbelievably good at it. So what's that like for you in terms of, of commentating about the sport while you're also wishing that you were competing against and with some of these people and not merely talking about their performances. Sure. Um, so I think a lot of things in my life have just kind of opportunities I've just said yes to. Um, back to the, like, I am all about challenges. I'm like, that sounds uncomfortable and scary. And like, let's do it, you know? Being on podcasts and public speaking and just... That's not something that I'm necessarily drawn to, not going to lie. It's just, I love this sport so much. And so it's like, sure, want to be in a podcast? Awesome. Like, do you want to do this with Free Trail? Fantastic. Like, absolutely, we'll write that article. Absolutely, we'll be involved in this way. I just think it's it's joyful for me. Like, I really enjoy it. And, you know, I think, you know, let's running is more than just a sport. And we all know that, right? It's a lifeline for a lot of people. It's you know, connection with others that you, for me, that is, I love it so much, right? Like I understand the dedication, the commitment, the rigor that it takes and on all levels, right? Not just professional runners. I mean, we're talking, you know, people that are just weekend warriors even, but we spend so much time thinking about running, right? At least many of us listening to this. And, you know, I think why do we all love it, right? I think it's because we understand the grit and grace and dedication and like the, every single day, the highs and the lows and like the passion and like the the amount of time it takes. Like our whole world revolves around running in a lot of ways, not like our entire world. Like obviously I'm a mom and I'm a nurse practitioner and many of us have our full-time jobs and our parents and that, but like we think about it a lot. And a lot of the our friends are also runners. And so it's exciting for us to talk about it. I love to follow it. And to be honest, it, there was zero part like jealous or like wishing I could be there. It was very much like, I love this sport so much. And now I actually have more time to like be on the live stream all day because I can just be on my elliptical watching the live stream. And this is so much fun. And when I used to not be able to do that, maybe. So, you know, I think this time for me has been an opportunity to be involved in the sport in a different way and something that I really enjoy. I 
want to cheer for my friends. And honestly, if you're not celebrating the sport at all times, like that's sad, right? Like this is, I'm here for longevity. I care about the people that are in it. I understand what it takes to finish these really hard races. And I'm just very, um, I don't know. I feel like they're like in a personal way. I almost feel like I'm a, I'm there too. Like, you know, it's been very fun to be involved and it keeps me motivated to be honest. Uh, yeah. Like it, my fire is burning hot. I will say like, it's been fuel for me to watch other people freaking crush and it's fun. So yeah, that's why I do it. <laughs> I mean, what a great attitude to have. Obviously, make, making that into fuel really is like turning lemons to lemonade on this one. And, and that really is inspiring to hear. I know for me, like I I can absolutely appreciate that. There have definitely been times where I've been like, especially if like I'm, I'm like, I look at someone as a peer. I, I think like, oh, they're doing this race. And I was going to do that race. And like, again, it doesn't like spoil my day or anything, but I definitely can get like in a little bit of a funk and be like, Kind of like that kind of what if, right? And you're kind of like, oh, you, you start, you start what ifs and I should do this or I should be doing that. And all of a sudden you're shooting all over yourself. And like that can be get, that can get a little tricky. Like I could, obviously when you're talking about maybe races that you weren't, that weren't on your calendar or you weren't going to do, right? So it's all of a sudden you're talking about Javelina or maybe you're talking about the Golden Trail series and you're like, all right, well, like that wasn't going to be on my calendar anyway. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not 100% sure. Did you feel the same way when maybe you're, you know, watching CCC go off or something like that? Or was there kind of the, the, some, some pangs of like, oh, this one feels a little different because I could have been there or I was planning on being there? Sure. I mean, CCC stung because it was also very new, right? I had surgery, surgery you know, the month prior. So I'm like in crutches on a boot. And at the time we were in our condo and it was literally like 60 stairs up and down to my our condo. And it was just like, this sucks. Like, I'm not like saying everything's been chippy. Okay. Like there's been highs and lows for sure. Um, but I also am not, I feel like it can also be short-sighted to just be like, oh, I wish I was, I mean, of course I wish I was there, but I wish like like, I wish something wasn't happening to me. Like, it is happening. Like, and I feel mm. like that's silly to just be, I mean, it's okay to grieve and let yourself be sad. Um, for instance, when I received the email, I don't know if you saw this, that my CCC medical exemption was not accepted. So yeah, that was crushing that. because I was like, well, crap. Like, now I can't even go next year. I mean, I'm going to have to podium at Western States, which I would love to do. Um, or get in on the lottery, which is impossible. But like, that was also like, oh, crap, I can't even do it next year. So I think, I think I let myself grieve for like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, there's other races out there, you know, and I think it's silly, not silly. I don't know if the right word, like, it's, it's short sighted to say, oh, like, th that's it, like to put all of your eggs in one basket. I feel like it's this sport is so process oriented. It's all about longevity. It's all about growing with all of the ebbs and flows. And honestly, if you don't have control over something, then it's back to the serenity prayer, I guess, right? It's like, I don't, if I don't have control over it, then there's nothing I can do in this moment. And I, I race like that also. It's like, well, this happened to me. I took too many salt pills and I am liquids coming up every orifice of my body. So what do I do now? I mean, I just keep moving forward, right? So it's like, how do you manage the hardship that's in front of you and still move forward. You look like 
down the line, if it's not immediately in front of you, it's like, oh, I can get excited about this race. I can follow this race. I can be on the live stream. I can know all the characters. I can like, I'm really excited. I can cheer for them. And then hopefully I can be in that spot someday. But if not, that's okay. Like I enjoy the process of, of feeling involved, of, you know, cheering for my colleagues, my friends, I guess, I feel like they're colleagues. <laughs> it's like, um, but you know, I, I, yeah, I think that it's okay to grieve, but it's also kind of like, there's no purpose in just continuing to drag on and be sad about it. I don't know. Like, I don't have control but, over being injured right now. I'm doing all I can do, you know? So yeah, it's like, well, body heal. <laughs> well, this Please. is, this, so, this is such a great, this is such a great attitude to have. And, and it, it really is remarkable because I can definitely get in my own feelings about this. And I definitely need to adopt some of the stuff that you're talking about way more than I have in the past. And I think the key thing here is that like, is like true and actual acceptance. I feel like it, a lot of times, like in when I put myself in this situation, so I'm not going to talk for anybody else. So I'll just talk about like my own feelings in this, in this process where I've had them is that, thinking that I have accepted it, but I actually hadn't accepted it. And then that lack of complete acceptance would rear its head at points. And obviously like that was probably where some of those ill feelings or dark or funky moments kind of germinated from, uh, as opposed to like really accepting it and then moving on and then moving on like and embracing what, what can happen in the future. And, and you had a chance to do this, not just from afar, but like, over in Mammoth, you had the Mammoth Trail series that was put on this year. So, what was it like? Is like being being actually part of it and not just cheering from afar and on the live streams and connecting with people digitally and socially. I mean, so much fun. <laughs> I mean, running's only an individual sport if you want it to be, right? So, I feel like I have so many teams. One of which, you know, being a part of Mammoth Trail Fest was hugely rewarding, right? And the community of Western states. So rewarding. I mean, and I feel like, of course, my husband and my family and my kids and my trail running friends in LA and in Mammoth and Saucony and somewhere called Play and Free Trail. And I mean, there's all these communities that I've surrounded myself with that I've been involved with that like it's so, um, how should I say? It's fulfilling. It feels rich. It feels purposeful. I don't feel alone in this, you know? And I And I think if you are injured to like, get out of your comfort zone and be join these communities. Right. And I, and I, they're out there. Uh, so I think, um, I don't know if I answered your question, but I no, feel that's a like great point. Let, let's talk, let's talk about Mammoth. was like really fun bringing everybody yeah, to Mammoth, right? Like right. my home and having all these trail runners, 800 trail runners in my backyard. It was like a dream, you know? So yeah. I mean, I feel I get a lot of energy from other people. I will say just my personality. I love to connect people like, oh, you're into this. Let's get you connected to this person because I know they also love that. And I just like that part of life just generally, you know, outside of necessarily running world, just, you know, my patients, getting them resources. Like I, I'm a connector in that way. And I feel like that just comes naturally to me. And I, I care deeply about people and their happiness and um, their growth. And so that brings me joy also being able to support in that way. Well, let's talk specifically about what you were doing during Mammoth Trail Fest. I think this is a great point is that people who've never volunteered within the running community might not even think of that as the, as the bomb that it can be in these sorts of situations. And well beyond that, even if you're a healthy runner, this can, this also can be a really good outlet for various other reasons. But so tell me specifically what you did and what you were able to do as someone who obviously wasn't in a full mobility capacity, but still is out there and doing your thing. 
Yeah, I was on crutches and also my scooter. <laughs> I named her Beatrice. I've now given her to another friend who broke their foot. Um, so uh, we, I was involved with like the planning side of it. Tim Tolleson, this was the first annual. It was very, very exciting. Um, he was definitely like spearheaded everything and it was his vision. Um, so I was just one of the helpers, uh, but it was really fun. I was a captain of an aid station. Um, I was involved on the social media aspect. He named me the social media director, which was very intimidating. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I worked with Billy Yang and Hillary Matheson and Ryan uh, um, Thrower and um, Tony of the Sony. And we just had this amazing crew around us to make amazing content. So that was really fun because um, we're trying to bring it to the world, because I, especially as an engine runner, know what it means to have other people that aren't at the race be able to enjoy it alongside us, which was really fun. So um, that was important to me personally, it felt. So that was very cool. And it was also like a stunning, perfect day in Mammoth, which also was very fun to show the world. Uh, then, so I I would also interview the, the racers when they finished. So like the top five male and female of each race I would interview that was really fun in the kids race which is my favorite hands down I heard you talk about and that a little bit what was it like doing the kid race day. doing the kid race interviews oh, yeah. oh my god they're so cute they're so cute I mean I have two kids right so I get it but the, these kids are so into it right um and just like like speak like well and then they were in front of me but then I saw the bridge and I knew on the bridge I could I could run that bridge really fast you know and the bridge is like you know five feet right and it's like it's so great because like they've taken in content of their parents that the parents have been watching for so long and they were just so into it. It was very fun, very competitive. <laughs> um, and then other kids, not so competitive, of course, just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. What am I doing out here? Um, but it was great. So that was fun. And then I was on a, 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 a panel one night about mental health, which was also great. Adam Campbell, a local uh, uh woman in town, Sophia, who um, has an amazing immigrant story. And anyways, it was a really wonderful experience, like all around, like it was a whole festival. So I recommend everyone who's listening to come out, Mammoth Trail Fest. It's a good time in September. But um, yeah, so I feel like just being a part of something bigger than yourself is really the core value that I'm taking from all of this, that it's not just me. I Sure. Like I said, running is individual. Like you go out on a run, nobody else is running for you, but it almost feels like there's this push or this pulse of the energy, the community that can keep you going. And, you know, and I, I feel that viscerally when I'm racing, like I need my crew. So I'm a little terrified to race in Europe without crews <laughs> or pacers, but I, I, you know, I really get a lot of joy from that. So I want to keep it going and yeah, throw myself into I don't know, throw, throw myself into these opportunities to like help others grow in their own way if I can't be, you know, running alongside them. So. Well, your energy is beyond infectious. And I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I will say it again. This is how Katie always is. You should go listen to all the podcasts she has been on either as a host or as a guest before we talk about the 2023 schedule and stuff that you maybe can, can tell us and share, or even if it's general stuff rather than specifics, anything you can share would be much appreciated. Before we get there, I just want to ask one last question. All the stuff that you've talked about, especially the last like five minutes or so, about things that you've really enjoyed about 
the last several months and being part of this community in a way that was even deeper than it was before. And obviously you were ingrained in it beforehand. It's not like this was all new stuff. What are some of the things that you're going to take with you even when you're perfectly healthy and running all the races you want to run? Yeah, I think to some degree, it's really helpful to be injured. Don't quote me on that, but it feels like I have a new perspective and I've always had a very healthy perspective on running because I'm have lots of other things in my life and work with patients that are homeless and or have a hard time putting food on the table. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much feel the gratitude. The attitude of gratitude is very viscerally real in my life. However, being injured is like a whole nother ballgame of like, oh, this is what it means to have something that you care so deeply about just like ripped away from you, right? Though, and I will say staying connected in other ways have been has been very motivating and I still don't feel like it's been totally ripped from me, but I still can't train, you know? Um, I only started on the elliptical a couple of weeks ago and that's been fun, but it's still not running. And, you know, I, I think many things, I think patience, I think being gentle with myself. I also feel like, and many of those listening will probably get this, that I've never really like thrived in an ultra, like finish, like when you watch, you know, I don't know, Adam Peterman, Ruth Croft, whatever, they like finish and it's like, they look great. You know, Courtney, I never (laughs) look like that, right? Like I am surviving, right? To get to that finish line as fast as possible, like gritting my way, like every muscle fiber, just like piercing, like just all muscle of like grit, right? And so I feel like now I want to be, I'm hoping that I race with a little more, um, uh, I guess, speed. <laughs> I hope I get there faster so I'm let, it doesn't take as long. But I will say, I just feel like I, have, I want more patience or like trusting that of my body and listening to its signals more. And so many of us in running, we just kind of turn off those signals because it's easier that way or there's those like signals going off all the time of like niggle here, niggle here. I don't know. Stress with work, the gots going on. And you just kind of like turn off all things body related because there's just so much. I feel like now I'm a little more in tune to what's happening with my body, my mind, like feeling more centered, more grounded, feeling like I'm going to be more intentional about my training, uh, not just like following the logs like I always do with my coach. I just do what he tells me to do, but kind of thinking about the purpose of the run, you know, when to hold back if I'm actually, it's not a good day for that or to like push harder if I feel really good. I feel like to be just more mindful of not going through the motions. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to learn that a lot. I'm really hoping to thrive at some race. <laughs> That's some finish lines. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> Katie 2.0 is a big goal of mine um, to celebrate finishes more because I'm usually like, you know, barely getting to that finish line, <laughs> like pouring all of my soul into it, uh, which is fun. I can't, I can't wait for the first race. I can't wait for the first race where that actually happens, where you come in and you're like gracefully cross the finish line. And then like yeah. in the first interview afterwards, you're going to be like, you know what? I probably could have pushed it a little bit harder. I should have really, really dug yeah, deep it was on smooth that. the whole time. <laughs> just totally smooth. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I just think that there, I, maybe I run a lot with emotion. I think it drives me. I get a lot of energy from that. As you can probably tell from me talking, I get a lot of energy from other people. I use that energy to carry me, but now I feel like I'm going to, get that energy more internally through 
what I've learned during this process of trusting my body and my mind and being more, I don't know, grounded in that. I feel like that will help me in these long races. So yeah, there's that. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about some of those. Anything that you can share about 2023? Sure. It's a little scary. Like I said, a little vulnerable to share because I'm not sure where my recovery will go. Um, But I did sign up for Way Too Cool, which is very competitive. Way Too Cool 50K. It's one of the largest 50K races in the United States. Always very competitive. And I'm like, let's just like, you know, dust off those cobwebs and go for it. So we'll see. I'm not even running yet. And it's in early March. Um, And right now we're doing this in November, mid-November. So we'll see um, how I am able to get there. Um, I will. I am planning on racing hard for Gorge 50K, um, Gorge Waterfalls. So that's another free trail event. I'm really is that, is that part of your free trail agreement? Is that, is that a mandatory aspect of having <laughs> a rest no day podcast? <laughs> no, I just love it. No, zero contracts. <laughs> it's all just fun. Um, yeah, no, I just want to be there and be with everybody. Uh, so that would be fun. So I'm hoping that way too cool. I'm just kind of like seeing where my fitness is. Um, but probably you know, that's not an A race for me, um, just as a first race back. And then Gorge, I want to race. And then Western States, I want to crush. And then after that, I'm hoping if I do well at Western States, then I can get into CCC. And that will be my goal. Um, We already had it all lined up this year. Like my mom was going to come to France with us for a month. There was this whole plan. And obviously that didn't. Don't cancel yet, mom. Don't cancel yet. (laughs) But so hopefully we can do that next year. But if not, um, and we'll see. I did sign up for Leadville, but I'm not even going to put that in the universe because that's definitely a B plan for me. Basically, if Western States doesn't go according to plan, then I have something else that I want um, on the calendar. Uh, So that'll be Leadville. And then I'm thinking November, I want to do Cape Town. Um, So Ultra Trail Cape Town 100K. So that will be my, my plan. So we'll see how it all shakes out. And honestly, I've learned a lot about just acceptance. I think all of us during COVID, a lot of like, let's throw plans out there and just see what happens. And I'm very much in that, like that's become very personal now of just everything just could go out the window at any time and we'll see. But it's always good to dream and put things on the calendar. I think putting races on the calendar is super motivating and makes you like stick to your dreams and keeps you engaged and yeah, I'm really pumped on my calendar, actually. So. All right. Well, I'm sure everyone who's listening can't cannot wait to see how it goes. And it's certainly going to be rooting for you, not just in 2023, but certainly beyond that. If they want to follow what you're up to, where should they head to? Sure. I'm really only on Instagram. It's KT, like the letters, and then underscore azimuth, A-S. M-U-T-H. And I really love connecting with people on social media and on Instagram. Like it's only been a positive thing for me. And so please reach out uh, because I, it brings me a lot of joy to connect with you. So there you go. And if you become a free trail pro member, then you can hear Katie on the rest day podcast, which I've referenced maybe 3000 times in the last 45 minutes. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, this is a blast. You're awesome. Thanks, Matt.